Hey, this is Jewel Bejvarpu, and you're listening to the Fertility Life Coach Podcast, episode 27. Welcome to the Fertility Life Coach Podcast, a show for smart, type A millennial women who want to get pregnant without the emotional roller coaster. If you want to learn how coaching can relieve stress and balance your hormones, then this is the show for you. I am your host, Jewel Bejavarpu, and I am an infertility and IVF warrior, as well as a certified life and holistic health coach. Are you ready? Let's go. Hello, my beautiful podcast buddies. How are you all doing today? It has been a whirlwind of a week over here at the Bejavarpu household. Let me tell you all the drama. First off, there is the pool, and second off, there is my period. Let me tell you about the pool first, okay? So we are building a pool, and we signed a contract with a company here in Tampa last August 2020, and like slowly but surely, they worked on the pool, right? And it was slow, but the work was happening up until the end of this March. Then it all just like stopped suddenly. We called, we texted, we messaged on Facebook, we um, messaged on like all the social platforms, even we wrote a letter and like no word from the spool company. And like to this day, we have not gotten a single word about our pool. But then we saw a, like a couple of news stories that broke saying that our company was not paying its subcontractors, which is why the work was not being done. So to make a long story short, we are working with a lawyer now to resolve this problem. We actually fired the company and we have like taken on the job of like finishing building our pool all by ourselves. And so we're just like hiring some contractors ourselves and like I'm like the project manager. Um, so it's been a whirlwind, but we hope to have our pool finished um, before the end of the summer. And I'm really crossing my fingers for 4th of July. So that could be like a grand opening. So that's the pool drama for you. Now here is the period drama. My period is late. I had my period right after my egg retrieval, like five days after. And now I think I, when I recorded this podcast, I was on day 35 and nothing in sight. I actually went to my clinic and they found assists, which apparently is common after having retrieval due to the medications like Gonal F and Menipure. So now we're just kind of playing the waiting game for my period, then the waiting game on birth control. So hopefully that will dissolve the cyst. And then if that doesn't work, then I will have a procedure similar to the egg retrieval to get rid of the cyst. So hopefully our transfer will happen in June, but most likely it's looking for beginning of July at this point. Either way, I'm feeling good as we have a lot going on with the pool drama, the period drama, um, all that stuff. So now for some podcast love. The user, Anna Reza N, says, Jewel is really passionate about the infertility space and helping other women navigate their trying to conceive journey with a powerful thought-based approach. You won't regret tuning in every week. Thank you so much for that sweet review. If you are listening and you are enjoying this podcast, Leave a review, share it on social media and the infertility community so others can find 
this podcast, find the hope, help release fears and all the negative thoughts and emotions that come with trying to conceive an infertility. Okay. Like that's so powerful. And you're going to be helping so many people when you share this, like we, you never know who, who needs to hear this message, which is why, which is why I do this. So now for my five lessons on how to thrive during an IVF stim cycle. These are the things I wish I had known going into my stem cycle. And really, many people don't talk about these things, including your doctors. Um, your doctors definitely won't talk about other these things. Um, and I haven't really seen a lot of other fertility coaches in this space really talk about these things either. Like these are just not common topics that are talked about and not common things people post about. So these lessons are going to help you have the best and most successful retrieval, IVF retrieval as possible. Are you ready? Let's do this. So number one, which are like super small, and I didn't even feel the needle go into my stomach most of the times. It was only like a short twinge of pain and that was unloading the manicure, which kind of burns a little bit. But if you go slow enough, like real slow, it's not bad. I didn't ice at all. And the side effects of these injections were a whole nother story. That's where I thought the worst part was. I didn't experience any side effects for the first five days. And then it was like, bam, a truck hit me. I was exhausted, emotional, bloated, and bruised. And no, I was not bruised from the injections in my stomach. I was bruised in my arms from getting my blood drawn every other day at the clinic. So let's talk about the exhaustion. That was my first major symptom. I literally slept for 16 hours a day. Like that is no joke. I would get up early and go to the clinic and then come home and take a morning nap. It would exhaust me. And then I would eat lunch and then I would take another nap. And then I'd eat dinner. And when I was awake, I would burst into tears randomly and I was just so tired. I didn't have like emotional, um, enough emotional or like mental bandwidth to watch TV or read a book. I just had to sleep. I just had to like sit there. Um, and I just want to say that your body is working so hard during such like a really short period of time. So it's so normal to be fatigued and exhausted and your hormone levels are around the same range as a first trimester pregnancy. And we all know that, right? We all talk about how like first trimester women are tired. You need to take it easy. You need to rest. Like the baby is growing exponentially. And like, we don't talk about that during IVF. We don't talk about like hey, you're doing the same thing. You're growing 15 to 20 future babies all at once in like two weeks. So it is it is a real thing. Now let's talk about the bloat, okay? Because your body is not only growing one baby, but most likely around 15 to 20 babies. And you look like you're 20 weeks pregnant. I literally could feel my ovaries and it felt like they got punched punched hard, right? It felt like little twinges of pain, little punches in my stomach. And it was also super uncomfortable sleeping on my stomach. So I actually got some pillows. Like I took all the pillows in the house and I propped my, like propped, that's the word. I propped um, up my stomach because it was so bloated. 
Hindsight 2020, I would have definitely invested in a maternity pillow if I ever have to do a retrieval again. That is going to be a have to. And I didn't actually fit into anything besides dresses because of the bloat. So I kind of wish I had a pair of maternity jeans or maternity shorts. So again, hindsight 2020, go out and buy those maternity jeans, go out and buy that pregnancy pillow. Um, You'll need them now and you'll need them later for when you're pregnant. So no point waiting. Number two, lesson number two, recovery after retrieval can be up until you get your period. So a lot of women ask me like, how did the recovery process go after egg retrieval? And I can only speak for myself. So this is how it was for me. The egg retrieval process was easy, right? You go to sleep for 30 minutes under medication. They wake up, you wake up, and I had like pretty bad cramping when I woke up. So they gave me some pain medications via the IV. I also took pain medication at home that first day, but pretty much I just slept and stayed in bed. Um, I didn't really bleed that much in comparison to laparoscopic surgery or the hysteroscopy. And day two, I felt better, but I still feel really bloated and in some pain. And if they offer you a laxative, take it. The people talk about like that first poop after pregnancy, after giving birth. I just want to talk about that first poop after egg retrieval. It's no joke either, right? So I did have to take a little bit of a laxative. Um, and I didn't really take any pain medications that second day, but just kind of lounged around the house. Then the third day I felt good physically, but I was not back to myself emotionally, right? I was still super bloated. My ovaries were still sore and I was exhausted and crying at the drop of the hat still. And I think this really confused me because I thought like, oh, you do the egg retrieval, then it's all over. But it's not all over. It's not over until you get your period, until you get those hormones out of your body, out of your system. So I just really like this surprised me, but I just like, okay, took it easy for the next two days until I got my period on day five after the egg retrieval. Normally, the doctors have told me that you get it seven to 10 days after a bird, but I'm glad I got mine early because I was like in desperate need of like a whole hormonal reset. So overall, with recovery, it's physically, I wouldn't say too terrible, but don't expect to go back to normal until you get your period. And also, let's talk about sex after the egg retrieval. It took me, I think, two to three weeks for my vagina to heal. So don't worry if you're experiencing some pain, some burning while having sex. Um, Apparently, that's totally normal. And you just, you're it's just going to take a while for your vagina to heal because, you know, they stuck needles up there. Lesson number three, schedule nothing, take time off work. So my friends, the STEMS process, as you have understood so far, is intense. And I think that's really like the best word to describe it. Some people can do it and work full time and I'm applauding them right now. They are super women. If you can get time off, my advice is though to take it. Now I work from home as you know and I run my own business. So you think I would have scheduled time off, right? <laughs> Being the smart woman I am. Wrong. I didn't schedule any time off except for the day of the egg retrieval. I expected that I could work the entire 
of the Sims process. I gave, I, as I said, I gave myself that one day off for the egg retrieval. And this, I think, was like my biggest mistake of the entire stim cycle because I became frantic and I judged myself when I didn't nap. I was stressed out that I didn't get any work done that week. And I began worrying that I wasn't getting a podcast out or that my clients weren't being taken care of. And that two weeks, um, like I was getting no posts done on Instagram and like my Facebook group and all, all the things, right? But pretty much my hormonal state like altered myself back into like old, those old habits of being a people pleaser and perfectionist workaholic. So I don't want you to do what I did. Give yourself the time to do self-care. Give yourself a full day to sit and do nothing. Give yourself a lot of grace and set your expectations to zero. And if you have more energy, both physically and emotionally, then great. Do what you want to do. That's like a gift. That's a surprise, right? But I think if I had known this, then I would have planned for it. And I think planning and preparing is everything. So for my clients, this is what I tell them. I say plan to do nothing. And if you can do something, then perfect, do it, right? If I don't think I would have been freaking the hell out if I had planned nothing and then was like, oh, look, I can post today. But because I didn't do that, and I wasn't able to show up, it caused caused me a lot of unneeded suffering, unneeded stress, and unneeded anxiety, to be honest. Lesson number four, the five-day wait after your egg retrieval to find out if your, um, if your eggs and like embryos make it to the blast stage is so much harder than the two-week wait, like 10 times harder. And the two-week wait is often the hardest part of the cycle, right? You're agonizing over whether it worked out this month. You're feeling all the anxiety, excitement, fear, disappointment. And I don't know about all of you who have had and gone through IVF, but I found the day five wait so much harder. And as I said before, the day five wait is after egg retrieval, you wait five days to know how many of your embryos made it, embryos made it to the blast stage. And I think this was so much harder for me because it wasn't just one month and then we could try again. It was like these embryos were our hopeful babies for the rest of our lives. Like we're hoping to make our whole family from this one egg retrieval. And I know that's not the case for everyone, but that was our case. So it was kind of like, if this goes well, we have our whole family potentially. And if this doesn't go well, like we're screwed. So it was just kind of a lot of pressure, a lot of stress. Um, I also think it was harder, harder for me um, because the retrieval process was no joke for me. It was really intense and I really did not want to have to repeat the retrieval process. So how did I survive this five-day wait? Well, I repeated this affirmation to myself over and over every time I felt that like fear creep in. I said, right now we have seven embryos. And that was the seven is the seven that fertilized that we found out on day one. I said, right now we have seven, right? I worked on staying in the present as much as possible, but I also took time to let my mind go to that worst case scenario. My husband and I both talked about it and we came up with a plan of what we were going to do if we only got one or two embryos. So it wasn't just like this unknown thing. It was like, okay, we looked into adoption. We looked into um, surrogacy. We looked into different things, situations that, of different places we could go. So we knew what was next for us, no matter what the outcome was. So I highly suggest that. 
Lesson number five is the transfer could actually be one to two months away at minimum if you're doing an FET, which stands for frozen embryo transfer. So that's what we are doing. We're doing an FET, frozen embryo transfer. We are, um, I know a lot of people do fresh embryo transfers. Um, That just wasn't an option for us. So let me tell you about why I'm saying the transfer could be one or two months away. Because when I was starting IVF in January, I was like, oh, I'll be pregnant by March. naive, right? Then after my retrieval at the um, beginning of April, I thought, okay, my transfer is going to be mid-June. Now it is looking more like the beginning to middle of July. (laughs) Well, this is because we did PGTA testing. So those results took two to three weeks to come back to us. And I didn't go right back on birth control after my retrieval period. I took a cycle off, which is apparently highly recommended by my clinic. And now I see why, and I want to highly recommend it to you too. Like my hormones had been all over the place. My endocrine system is still super confused and I have been really trying to take care of my body, eating super clean, exercising lightly again, and like changing my supplement routine for this period of my life. It's also pretty common, as I talked about at the beginning of this podcast, to get cysts from the retrieval medication. So now we're waiting for that cyst to go away and to stop making hormones before it's safe to proceed with that transfer medication. The worst case scenario is I will have a minor surgery to remove the cyst before starting the transfer process. So hindsight 2020, it was pretty good that we didn't just jump into the transfer right away. Um, and now if you're doing that, that's totally okay right? Everyone's different. Everyone's body is different. I just want to share my personal experience as I think it would have been helpful for me to know a few months ago that like, hey, a cyst is a normal thing that could come up and delay a transfer. And just let me know, like, what other things have delayed an FET for you? Send me an email at hello at simplyjewel.com and tell me your IVF story to be featured on this podcast. Tell me what obstacles you had to overcome. Tell me what was the hardest part and like the best part of IVF for you. So I just want to say if you are going through IVF right now or you're thinking about it, what you can do in order to take initiative for your healing, help reduce stress, and thus increase the odds of your conception, no matter if you're trying naturally or trying with IVF or IUI, is to schedule a free fertility mini session. Okay, so I offer these complimentary sessions um, to everyone, and these sessions are just 30 minutes of one-on-one coaching you and me via Zoom. They are 100% free, there is no sales pitch, and just to get directly on my calendar, just check out the show notes and click on the link to go to my website in order to book a call. Okay, I just want to be there for you. I want to help you um, go through these um, this process of IVF and fertility. So I can't wait to see you for next week. And I hope, my friends, that these five lessons were helpful for you. Um, send me your stories. Tell me what your FET was like. Tell me what your IVF stim cycle was like. Remember, hello at simplyjewel.com. I'll talk to you later, my friends. Bye. If you love this podcast, and if you have liked what you have heard so far, I would love it if you could leave me a five-star rating and review. Reviews help others find this podcast and help them get the strategies that they need to thrive during infertility. 
remember to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss another episode. If you want to take this work to a deeper level, then I have the perfect coaching program for you. Go to www.simplyjewel.com forward slash empowered infertility to learn more about my signature one-on-one coaching program. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Fertility Life Coach Podcast. See you next time.